over somebody else because we think we're better than them or more holy than them, we are what? Suppressing the truth. Because the Bible teaches that there is none righteous, no, not one, except for Jesus the Savior. So the problem with humanity is that the truth is evident, but we suppress the truth. And notice it says we suppress the truth, what? In unrighteousness. So this is a pervasive problem. No one is perfect, even you. That shouldn't be news to you, though. The Bible clearly states that everyone has sinned and deserved the judgment of your perfect God. Pastor Daniel will share today what the problem is in society, though. The truth is being suppressed. When judgments are made based on sin, this specific truth is being set aside. This will never lead to peace or to Jesus. And it isn't at all what his followers are called to. Here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 1 as he begins his message. Here's the problem. So I hope everyone got a great night's sleep because I'm going to drop us right in the middle of something. I hope everyone had your coffee. I want to start that way because, you know, sometimes in life you just have to be willing to embrace the fact that sometimes you just have to talk about things that you really don't want to talk about. For me, a number of years ago, pretty soon after I had taken over for Pastor Bill Ritchie here at Crossroads, you know, left up to my own devices, given all the stresses of life, the one thing that I'll always do is I won't take care of myself. I was made to be a doer. And so in a lot of ways that when I am under stress or under pressure, I just stopped taking care of myself. And I remember I started, I went to the doctor and really Lynn was like, you need to go to the doctor. And I went to the doctor and, you know, I saw the doctor and I stepped on the scale and, and my weight had never been as high as it was. And I noticed that when I ate one of my favorite big fat bacon cheeseburgers, I started feeling like almost like heart palpitations and, you know, all these things were going on. And I went to the doctor and he did the whole thing. And he's like, and I'll never forget it because my primary care physician at the time never addressed me as pastor before. He's like, well, pastor. And I said, uh, oh, I'm like, I knew what was going on. It's like when your when your parents call you by your full name, you know what I mean? So, and he's like, well, he's like, so, you know, you've gained 20 pounds since the last time I saw you, your blood pressure is through the roof. You know what I mean? And let's be honest, you have a, what would be considered a high stress job. You know, there's uh, lots of people involved. And he's like, so I can either just put you on a uh, blood pressure medicine or you can uh, fix this the good old fashioned way. What do you want to do? And I said, I'll fix it the good old fashioned way. He's like, well, what's the good old fashioned way? I'm like, well, I got to change my diet and I got to start exercising. And uh, pretty much that's what I got to do. And he's like, yep, that's it. And then he said to me, he's like, you realize you're the problem. And I remember just sitting there and now I'm from New Jersey. So I super appreciated my doctor for saying that. Because really, my problem was me. It wasn't everything else. It wasn't crossroads and it wasn't me trying to learn a new role. It wasn't any of that. It was like it had to do with me. Right. And I remember at that moment when he said that, I was just like, and he just kind of looked at me and I'm like, totally get it. 
And he's like, so you're going to come back in six weeks and we're going to redo everything. We're going to see how you're doing. And if you don't get this thing under control, we're going to have to put you on medicines that somebody at your age probably shouldn't be on. And God's good. And, and I knew what I had to do and I did it. But hearing that I'm the problem was an important step for me. Because we live in a day and age, my friends, that's been as long as humans have been on the earth where it's never us. It's always somebody else, right? It's like as old as the Garden of Eden, we blame other people. Now, don't get me wrong. Other people do lousy stuff, right? We don't have control over everything. But each one of us has to come to terms with the fact that we are a major player in everything that goes on, not only in our own lives, but in this world. Now, today... We are going to see in the book of Romans that the apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is actually a doctor of not only the human soul, but of society in general. And with laser-like precision, the apostle Paul is going to unpack for us what the problem with our world is. And he does it in a very succinctly, very specifically. He does it over, you know, about uh, 14 verses. And what I want to share with you today is so powerful and challenging that I'm going to be stepping on cultural landmines. I'm going to be stepping on your toes. And one of the things that I love so much about the Bible is that the Bible is a book. It's not overly optimistic or kind of perennially pessimistic it's just radically realistic right and the realism that the bible has challenges us because we live in a world where everything's kind of you know like let's smoke and mirrors a little bit and really today the apostle paul gets right down to this is what's going on this is the problem in the world in which we live and so we're just going to jump on in again i hope you had your coffee And so open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1, we're going to be picking up in verse 18 of Romans chapter 1. So if you brought your Bibles with you to church, so cool. If you were with us when we started the book of Romans, you know where the book of Romans is. It's the sixth book in your Bible. So you have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you have the book of Acts. And then you have Paul's letters. And the first one is Romans because it's one of the most famous. Now, I want you to read along with me. I'm not just making this up. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. Get to Romans there. Or, of course, if you have a smart device, you can also check the sports scores and uh, your social media feed and all the latest news on the world. Wow, you read along with Romans chapter 1. Now, it says this in verse 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest to them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. Now, you see, like this is, this is not light stuff here today. Now, what's beautiful about this is Paul had just said that he's not ashamed of the gospel. 
right? In verse 16, for it's the power of God and the salvation for all who believe, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, you know, for in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. He's saying, I'm not afraid of the good news of Jesus because in Jesus, God's righteousness is revealed, right? And, and so he's not ashamed of it. Now, that's wonderful, but you got to ask yourself, why was the gospel even necessary? Like, why did Jesus have to come? Why would Paul say he's not ashamed of the gospel? Why is Jesus even important? Notice what it says, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now, you see this. God's wrath, God's righteous anger at the world is revealed also. So in the gospel, you have God's righteousness. The good news happens in Jesus. But the reason Jesus had to come is because there's a major problem, right? So not only is God's righteousness being revealed, but we're also seeing that God's wrath, because God is a perfect God, right? It's revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So God's wrath is against anything that's ungodly. And ungodliness literally speaks of the brokenness in a relationship between God and a person, right? The ways that our, we are not like God. And then unrighteousness is the way that we live into the world, right? And what's beautiful is this ungodliness and unrighteousness is one of the great ways you could break down this entire passage from Romans 1, 18 all the way to 32, because from verses 19 to 27, it unpacks ungodliness. And then verses 28 to 32, it unpacks unrighteousness. So the reason Jesus is important is because God in his holy perfection looks at a world that is broken. And he has righteous indignation. He has wrath against it because it's all messed up. Right? Now the reason he brings this out, because remember when I went to my doctor... Could you imagine if you go to your doctor and the doctor just says, okay, I'm just going to give you this pill. You don't even tell him what's wrong with you. Right? Can you imagine if the doctor just walked in, he looks at me, he's like, okay, here, this, this, and this, write your prescription, and you walk away. Wouldn't that make you a little nervous? Because before you get the prescription, you need the diagnosis, right? So Paul jumps right and he gives the diagnosis is that Jesus is the gospel. He's the good news. You need to believe in him. And he's saying, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. But then he's like, now I need to unpack why Jesus is important, right? And he says, why? First, God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. And he's going to unpack that. Now, from there it says, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness? Now, right there, you get the first step in this. Here's the problem. We're the problem. Why are we the problem? Because we suppress the truth. We suppress the truth. You know, I pulled it right out of that text. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now you think about, I've never been a lawyer. I don't play a lawyer on TV, but I got family members and friends who are lawyers. And they make a motion to suppress evidence. Now I know that because I love me a good cop drama, Right? So I see, I'm like, oh, motion to suppress. It means to hold something down, to keep it from getting out there, right? Now, as I unpack this, this whole message, what I want to remind you is this, is that for some of us, you're here today and you're already a follower of Jesus. Now, because like the Apostle Paul, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're not ashamed of the gospel. 
It'd be really easy to say, this is why our world's so screwed up and I'm not screwed up. Wrong. Okay? The only difference between you, if you're a follower of Jesus, and somebody who isn't a follower of Jesus is that you're forgiven. That's the difference. But all the same variables still apply. Does that make sense? Like, it'd be really easy to hear this message and for you to say, well, this is why the world's so messed up, and this is why I hate the world, and this is why I only love Christian people and all this stuff, and that's just not true. The only difference is, is that all these things are at play in all of us. The only difference is for a follower of Jesus, you're forgiven. Now, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, and I know there's lots of you who are just, you're not there, this is going to be, I believe, one of the most powerful messages for you because you're actually going to see how the Bible unpacks what's wrong with society. What's wrong with humanity, right? And now you may not agree with all the points, but at least you'll know this is what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches first, the problem with humanity is that we suppress the truth. We want to hold it down, right? Although we're going to see there's, we know certain things, the problem with the fallen humanity is even though we know the truth, we don't want to embrace the truth. We don't want to live out the truth. And I can give you a million examples of this from all of our lives. Like, let me give you an example. Everybody knows that the Bible is about forgiveness, but how many of us struggle to forgive people? How many of us struggle to forgive ourselves? Every single time you won't forgive yourself for a mistake you make, you are actually suppressing the truth of the gospel. Because you're not embodying what it means. Jesus said unequivocally that you should love one another, including your enemies. Now, how many of us are doing a perfect job at that? Exactly. It's nasty. But every time we choose not to love our enemies, guess what you're doing? You're suppressing the truth. You're holding down the truth because Jesus is the truth. Every single time we stand in judgment over somebody else because we think we're better than them or more holy than them, we are what? Suppressing the truth. Because the Bible teaches that there is none righteous, no, not one, except for Jesus the Savior. So the problem with humanity is that the truth is evident, but we suppress the truth. And notice it says we suppress the truth, what? In unrighteousness. So this is a pervasive problem. We suppress the truth. Now, not only do we find that we suppress the truth, we hold down the truth. From there it says, verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, verse 20, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. So not only do we suppress the truth, all of humanity, know what we do? We ignore revelation. That's what we do. We ignore revelation. So see what he says here. He says, because what may be known of God, right? is manifest to him. It's been brought out and displayed. It's evident to us because God has shown it to us. Someone say, well, where did God show me the truth? For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. See, Every single human being, because we live in this world and we are able to perceive our environment, the all of creation, what the Bible calls the cosmos, all of God's created order actually 
brings forth God's invisible attributes because God is spirit that is clearly seen in creation. So not only do we suppress the truth, we ignore the revelation that is all around us every single day. Every time you look into the eyes of another person, every time you hear somebody's voice, every time you have any interaction with anything at all, God's invisible attributes are being seen within it. So you realize the first problem is that we suppress the truth. You say, well, how did I know if I know the truth? Because creation teaches us in a general way what the truth is, who God is. Like, listen, I cannot imagine how you look on out at a sunrise or a sunset, or you look out on a beautiful day when the stars are out and you think all of this happened by chance. Like, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And I don't. And I don't know. Listen, if you're in that spot, I've been there before. And we're going to see why people are there. But like, when you look at constellations, like, whenever did you ever throw a hundred piece puzzle on the ground and it lands in a perfect, the puzzle? It never does that. See, People always say, well, I believe in the Big Bang. I believe in the Big Bang, too. But the Big Bang happened because there's a big banger. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's a knock on the door. It's because someone knocked the door. Right? And I don't think that's not absurd or illogical. I had someone say to me, your position is totally illogical. I'm like, illogical? I'm like, take the puzzle, throw it down. Is it going to come in a complete puzzle? Like, where you see the unicorn and the smiley unicorn? No, it's like, you have to put the thing together. When you look at everything, the sun rises, the sun sets, clouds come, it rains, the whole system works, and I don't have enough faith to say that that happened by happenstance. Like just, you know, all of the energy in the world was in the size smaller than a pinprint, and then all of a sudden the bang happened and everything fit together. Like I can't buy it. But you know what it is? When you want to suppress the truth, you, you begin to ignore revelation. You begin to ignore, you, like you see it, but you don't see it. You see it, but you can't fathom what it is. And really what they're saying is that because God is spirit, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Even the things that have been created, like you and I, we can understand God's invisible attributes, even God's eternal power. So God's all powerfulness and his, it says in my translation, it says Godhead, which literally means God's nature as God, his godhoodness. Creation declares the glory of God, right? But what happens is, is because we suppress the truth, we ignore revelation. Now, what's interesting is, is that natural revelation is sufficient to make a person responsible, but actually is still insufficient because it can't accomplish salvation. So when someone says to me, nature is my church, I'm like, you're wrong. Because nature declares God's attributes, but it isn't sufficient to save a person. Right? It's a general revelation, but the gospel's the specific revelation that saves a person. So don't think, and this is a very common thing, because I'm a human, therefore I am entitled to a glorious afterlife of my choosing. That is a lie. It's not Starbucks or Burger King. You can't have it your way. You can't choose your own adventure and get whatever dreams may come. For those of you who remember the movie from the 90s, right? You get to have the afterlife you want wrong. There's certain things we don't get to choose. So, but if you suppress the truth, then you ignore revelation. But he doesn't stop there because look what happens next. Verse 21. Because although they knew God... 
They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. So first you suppress the truth, and then you ignore revelation, and finally you deny glory. That's what you do. You deny glory, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. See, glory is to declare the weightiness of something, someone, right? And so what happens is when you suppress the truth and then you ignore revelation, then you end up denying the glory that is due God. And the chief way you deny the glory that's due God is by being unthankful. Okay. How are you doing being grateful today? Every single time we are ungrateful, unthankful for the moment that God has given us, for the breath in our lungs, for the ability to even have a relationship with anybody of any sort, that is something that we should be grateful for. And every time we are ungrateful, we deny the glory of God because our lives are a gift. You see, this diagnosis is nasty. I've never met someone who's always grateful. Like, in our modern political climate today, no matter who gets elected, the other 50% who's aggravated is mad at the person who's elected. But when was the last time you were just thankful that you got to vote, even if your candidate didn't win? There's a lot of places in the world they'd love to be able to vote for a candidate. But see, for us, we don't even think about these things. We're just so busy being angry about everything. But here's the thing. When When you suppress the truth, that is clearly seen by ignoring revelation, and then you deny the glory that God is due as God, and you're unthankful, look at what happens. You become futile in your thoughts, and your hearts become dark in professing to be wise. You become a fool. That's what it says. And brothers and sisters, right there, that is in three steps. This is the problem. Right as you move from suppressing the truth to ignoring revelation that's clearly seen in creation, then you end up denying God and you become unthankful. Then your thoughts become futile. And because your thoughts are futile, your heart becomes darkened. And then no matter how wise you say that you are, no matter how many degrees you have, how much work experience, how built up your LinkedIn resume is, you're still foolish. And that's a tough spot, isn't it? But guess what? It doesn't stop there. From there... Now, we've seen these three things that happen, right? And now we see a three-time, three-step process that shows why we are where we are today. The first step is that human beings choose to make an exchange. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel encouraged you not to suppress the truth. It's a problem all around the world, but it can't be for a follower of Jesus. He's given you truth in his word. And though it might not be comfortable to talk about, he expects you to live by it. When you don't, you're ignoring what your Savior did for you on the cross. Don't let comfort and the desire to fit in change your mission in life. You need to share the gospel message. 
Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share the root cause of sin. It's a worship problem. Whatever sin you struggle with points back to where you're placing your focus, your time, and your energy. Whatever it is can quickly become an idol, even if it's not as obvious as a statue or picture. Instead, worship Jesus. He'll help you break free from the sins that are holding you down and begin a new life. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Life Intention. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.